Hi, this is Logos Legacy. Today I'm interviewing Shelley from Holistic Lifestyle Guide, a YouTube channel about balanced mind, body and spirits for holistic health and life. Hi, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Pretty good. I'm looking forward to the Christmas season. Well, we're in the Christmas season. Yes, tomorrow or the next day, whatever. <laughs> you know, I was going to ask about what you do, but I'm just curious, what does Christmas mean to you? Christmas to me, well, I was raised in a Catholic religion. And so Christmas was always about going to church and, you know, Christianity, but that's not what I'm about anymore. So to me now, Christmas takes on more of a pagan meaning. Like I, I really honor nature. So I, I've been studying a lot of the, you know, the traditional ancient, you know, ways of communing with nature. And I, I'm more connected to that about it. So it doesn't really have much to do with Christmas, I guess. It's just the time of year, really. Okay, then how do you describe your, what well, you said described as pagan, but could you unpack that a bit? Your spirituality? Well, yeah, pagan is a wide term. Um, it really encompasses everything that is not religion, from what I remember, um, from what I learned about it. It's, it's more to do with nature. I mean, it's really like pantheism. If you've ever heard of that, it's where yeah, everything. Yeah, I'm about this. Yeah, and um, and sometimes people include Wicca in there, and I I dabble in that as well, and that's just like working with natural magic and nature and the elements of nature. It really all revolves around nature. That's that's the simplest way that I could put it. I would say, nature based. You know, people that worshipped well, not worshipped. I think they just honored the times of the year and um things like that nature-based stuff so i have a feeling that to do, when it comes to holistic health and holistic living everything it has to do with cycles very much so because when you're aligning yourself with nature you have to be aware of the daily cycles and the monthly cycles and the yearly cycles and there's a lot of things that you can do for your body mind and your soul that you know you can align with those cycles and then that's how you can be healthy holistically basically right so what are the most well foundational aspects to holistic living i think the foundational aspects um they, yeah, there's going to be stuff for body, mind, and soul, and they really involve a lot of self-care practices. So taking care of your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health, and your spiritual health. And a lot of those things are simple, and they're natural, and they're free. Like, they don't involve a lot of fancy, expensive stuff. Like, a lot of the basics people already know you know, like they already know that they need to eat right and get enough sleep and get enough sunlight and exercise. And those are the basics for the physical health. And then I think there's a lot of other things that can be added to that for the mental health and the spiritual health. And a lot of them overlap. Like I think journaling and yoga and meditation and, and self-care practices, they, they all help everything. So it really comes down to just taking care of yourself in a natural way. So what counts as natural? Um, when it comes to food, 
there's a whole set of rules when it comes to food. So there's, um, there's organic things that are organic are very good. Like, you know, they were grown without chemicals or pesticides. And then things that have to do with, the, like I said, the cycles of nature. So getting sunlight, that's a natural thing. Um, accessing your mind is a natural thing. Like anything that does not involve man-made or chemical things, at least not in a, you know, a big way. Yeah, it's interesting that the way agriculture seems to be done, it's so, it's a so, I suppose you could say unnatural, but it's kind of divorced from all the cycles. It's just pumping chemicals into the soil. I don't even know what that does to, I don't think it's good for the actual ability for that soil to actually keep growing. So, um, Exactly. Yeah. Um, there's ways to do it to make the soil healthier, but the way that um, the industrialized world is now, they just abuse the land. They don't really do it. You know, you're supposed to rotate your crops every year and you're supposed to plant things next to each other that support each other. It's called permaculture, but they yeah. don't do it that way. So um, one of your videos talks about gardening and how to do that and you mentioned permaculture so do you think you could tie these things uh together here like how does gardening and permaculture relate to how we can uh, how we can adapt to the times when you know there's so much corporate agriculture and there's so many systemic problems like how do we respond to that? Yeah, there's, we are very limited. That is true. Um, and for some people like me, I mean, I don't have a yard that I can plant in. So there's only so much you can do in some situations. Like you can grow your own herbs and I do that. You can do that in pots. You can go to farmer's markets. And I think going to organic farmer's markets are one of the best things people can do because there are some good farmers out there that are doing things right that are you know they're ethic about it and they're not hurting their animals and they're not using chemicals and so you can find those kind of farms and get your stuff from there if you can't grow your own a lot of people can grow their own so that's a that's something that i would recommend people do if they can i mean i know um, a lot of people go ahead i'm wondering um I'm not sure if it's practical this idea but like how to what extent can people in living in circumstances that you wouldn't expect um to be conducive to growing your own stuff like is more possible than you'd think and yeah. how would you do that this reminds me of a there's a family that lives, I don't know what where they live, but they have a very small yard. It's a small yard in town, but it's covered with plants and every single square inch they're growing. And, you know, they're saving thousands of dollars a year in groceries, just buying their own food or growing their own food. And so if they can do it with a very small property, then that's doable. It's just that I think people don't have the energy I mean, it takes a lot of time to plant a garden and take care of it. And that's probably the biggest hurdle that people face. So 
that's why I talk a lot about, I mean, I think people should find farmers that already do it and just support them. Because if you, you know, if you're working a full-time job, you don't have time to grow uh, your whole yard full of food. It would be great though, <laughs> if people could all do that. And there's a lot of countries that do that actually. They, they let people plant on the roofs. They have rooftop gardens. And yeah, I think it just varies by country. My, every country is different when it comes to the rules of like things like that. Right. Um, so you're interested in um, living attuned with nature. Um, interest in Ayurveda and you're interested in paganism. So what these sort of traditions, like what do they teach us about um, growing our own food or maybe growing our own medicine and that sort of thing? Yeah, they teach that it's um, probably the one of the most important things in staying healthy because the more you are connected to nature, the healthier you'll be. And, you know, everybody's heard that if you get your hands in the dirt and you, you know, you're getting the microbes from the soil, it's, it does things for your, for your whole being, like your body, your mind, and your soul. And nowadays it seems like we've kind of moved away from, we've obviously moved away from that. Most people don't garden anymore. Um, there are places that advocate for it and like permaculture schools, and I, I haven't researched too much about those because um, there's just a, it's complicated and it's a big study, but I wish that there was a way that we could easily implement that into our lives. And ideally it would be great if every household could grow all their own food naturally and learning from um, our ancestors. I mean, they, they even planted according to the moon cycles. Well, what if there is a way to learn from our ancestors? <laughs> there is. It's just, it's it's not accessible to most people. Most people don't even know that they, like I said, it's people are busy. You know, even if people had the information, I think it's just a huge undertaking. And think I think a lot, I was just going to okay. say back in the old days, you know, they had bigger families. You know, people had 10 kids to work on your farm and that's how they did it. Nowadays, some people live alone and they work full time and they just can't, like me, you know, I can't grow my own food, so. We live in changing times though. The, a lot of people have had a lot more time to themselves. People aren't in their jobs anymore, you know. Yeah. Maybe there'll be more opportunity. That's all I'm saying. Anyway. I think there will be. It does seem that it's the whole world is is kind of moving towards that. It's just a, there's a lot of opposition. There's still a lot of the old ways versus the new ways happening all at once. So um, how do we attune ourselves so that we're not getting in our own way in our own way in day to day life? You mean as far as aligning to nature? I suppose I could be more specific, like spiritually speaking, um, perhaps the more present we can be, the, the more any, everything in our engagement in reality is enhanced. So like, well, you talked about morning routines and things like that. And I'm sure you've got lots of tips for practical spirituality. So what would you suggest? Yeah. Um I think um, as far as spirituality, one of the biggest things we can do is to 
learn how to be our authentic self. And that I think journaling is a great way to do that. I talk about journaling so much that, I mean, I've actually got a side business about just journaling. All right, I think tell you what, that. let's do it. Let's talk about journaling. How do you journaling? What's your fundamental suggestions about doing it? Because it's easy to just start trying to write, but like, what techniques do you suggest? I say for any any person that's beginning journaling, there's two things that you should do. And one of them is gratitude journaling because gratitude ties in with spirituality. That helps you to be thankful and it raises your vibration. So I think everybody should do gratitude journaling. Like every day, every morning, I write down five things I'm grateful for. And I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. I That's one of my favorite things. And then every night before I go to bed, and everybody, I think everybody should do like a brain dump what it's or a freestyle journaling where you just, you write about your day, you write about the best thing that happened or what you're excited for tomorrow or more things you're grateful for. And just get your worries out on paper is really what it's all about is emptying your head so that you can sleep. And I think that ties in with meditation too, because I really like journaling before I meditate because journaling empties your mind. And then when you're able to meditate a little easier because of that and sleep easier as well. So it's a, that, sorry, I just really like that suggestion. Uh, <laughs> it's, I like combinations of different techniques. So like if we can like, yes, because often I, I struggle, you know, to, with this, the whole, you want to be focused when you meditate and you, but you don't want to be, it to be, to be a doing where you're trying but sometimes you've got to try not to try, but you don't want to try not to try. So, <laughs> uh, and it's just like, okay, all these thoughts, what do I do with the jumbling thoughts around? And anyone new to meditation, like, will face this. So I guess mm -hmm. if journaling can help with that, yes. then meditation is fantastic. It's really useful. Anything that can help with something like that, it's just like, I've definitely been thinking about journaling more. What about like, artistic journaling like poetry anything you want it's really journaling is a personal thing there are i have videos about this there's probably you know 15 to 20 different types of journaling there's um art journaling of course you can journal for any subject so like let's say you are a musician you can journal about you know music and the lyrics and there's bullet journaling. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's a big thing over here where you decorate your journal. So you're not only writing what you, you know, what's in your head, you're planning things, you're decorating the page, you're, it's all about art. So that's, that's another way to do it. That reminds me of something called the, um, uh, have you heard of Carl Jung and his, um, black books and his red book? I haven't heard of that. No. It, he actually did journaling and he did something called active imagination where he well actively imagined things and then sort of it's a bit like dream analysis but on your own imaginings and then he sort of and he, he wrote loads of different things he explored his own mind and then he wrote things down and he made it like you know like medieval manuscripts where they've got the all those books and they've got like these drawings around it and he really like I don't, I don't know, like, it really does sound like, and that was the foundation of his, some of his greatest theories. So, yeah, like, what you're suggesting, I like the idea of that. I'm going to have to look into that, because I didn't 
I've never heard of that red book, black book, but that sounds amazing. And I, I'm into dream analysis too. I, I've, I've got a dream journal on my, in my Etsy shop where, you know, you can keep it by your bed. And when you wake up, you can record your dreams and how they made you feel and all that stuff. I think that's okay. Important. Then let's talk about that then. Okay. So, um, how did you get into dream journaling and how do you do it? Have you ever heard of lucid dreaming? That's where yes. I don't know if I do that or not. I think things, if you did it, would you know, because it wouldn't be normal. Like, I don't know. Like, I think so. I think you have control over your dreams, right? Yes. It's not so much control. It's more of awareness. So if you are, dreaming. yeah, you can hmm. wake up in your dream, but not wake up fully. And sometimes it'll make you so excited that you're like, whoa, I'm dreaming. And then you're like, I'm going to try to do this, but as soon as you get excited, that will wake you up. <laughs> it's like a, a, a hard thing to do because, I mean, it takes a lot of practicing. So that's how I got into dream journaling was I had a lucid dream one time and I'm like, what is this? I woke up in my dream. So I researched it and it's a thing, you know, mm. they teach you how to do it, but there's a lot of steps you have to take in order to get good at it. So yeah, it's, so it's fascinating, but it involves recording your dreams, but you have to wake up in the middle of the night and write your dreams down. And that's, you know, you don't get much sleep doing that. <laughs> right. That's why I stopped doing it. But So um, what do you suggest to anyone interested in doing dream journaling? I think it's helpful to start with just writing down your dreams in the morning. And that's why I like the printable ones that I make, because you can just, you know, print off a page and stick it on a clipboard next to your bed, you know, and and getting it as soon as you wake up is important. Like you don't want to lay there and think and you don't want your mind to start going crazy before you get up. You want to record it right away, of course, because everybody forgets their dreams. So um, that's a, that's a basic way that I would suggest people start is just writing stuff down in the morning as soon as you wake up. So how do you know what it means? You don't always. Um, and here's a tip that I learned. There are books out there that say, here is what this dream means and look this word up and that's what this dream means. But that's not always true because everybody's different. It really depends on what your, um, your mind thinks that means. So let's say something means something to you, but it doesn't mean the same thing to somebody else. So if you have a dream about that, it'll mean something different than what it would mean to somebody else. So yeah, I haven't dived too deep into that. I just, I think it's fascinating and um, it's a very personal thing. So um, I, I think it's getting the feelings out. Like, what did this dream make me feel? And recording them to make sure that you, you're catching patterns. If you keep having the same dream over and over, I think that can, you know, then you can journal about it and you can, you know, get the wheels in motion of trying to figure out what that means have you ever had weird experiences um as you're half asleep waking up or trying to get to sleep you know that sort of state yeah there's something called dream paralysis and that's where you your body is uh, i can't remember now it's like you're sleeping, but you're you're not able to move, but you're in the verge between waking up and sleeping. And a lot of people get scared when they enter that state because they can't move their body. Like their body is like vibrating because you're kind of lifting from one, one dimension to another. 
that's that's a weird experience that a lot of people have and it's normal though it's it's nothing scary but a lot of people do think it's scary <laughs> that's the only thing i can think of as far as weird experiences okay so um you talk about overstimulation in one of your videos um well would you like to unpack that i think most people are overstimulated but they don't really know what it is because they just tolerate it and overstimulation can mean any of your five senses that are getting overloaded with information like it's you know a lot of sounds a lot of bright lights a lot of noises a lot of people like i picture a really busy intersection in a major crowded city with billboards flashing and sirens blowing and it's just stressful to me and i think that's not i don't think that's healthy I mean, it's, it just makes me want to hide in a little ball <laughs> when I think about that. And, and I think people just tolerate it and they think it's normal. They don't really realize how much healthier they would be if they could um, limit the sensory input because your brain can only handle so much. So you're talking about a sensory detox. That's a good way to put it. I've never, I've never used those two words together, but um, detox makes me think of, you know, your trying to not have any of it, but I, I don't think that's possible to get rid of all of it. There are sensory deprivation tanks. Have you ever heard of those? They're like float tanks. They're where you I've get in. heard of them. That's, a, that's what they call it, a sensory deprivation tank. You just lay in there and it's full of Epsom salts. So your body floats and you don't feel anything. You just, you're floating. I've never done it, but I want to. Um, so that's, supposedly one of the best things that people can do for their mind and and for their to calm down and be relaxed but it's expensive so that's why i haven't done it yet but i want to but i don't think it's possible to cut out all sensory inputs like you just have to be proactive about it i guess and make changes like one example is i think people listen to music a lot of times just to have noise on or like the TV in the background. And to me, that's, it stresses me out just having a TV on if I'm not watching it. It's, it's noise you don't need to have. So I just, I like silence. <laughs> and I think people need to embrace silence a little more in their lives. Yeah. Unless of course it's music they enjoy and they're actually getting benefit from it. But a lot of times people just, they got to have noise all the time and their phone's making noise and there's, it's, it's overwhelming. And I, I think we're just I, used to it. Like there was yeah. a point where it wasn't like that. Is it exactly. Do people try to take themselves away from themselves so that they don't yes. feel their suffering? I think you just hit it spot on. Right. I think people are always looking for distractions. I mean, that's why people watch TV. They plop down on the couch and they, they try to find anything to entertain them. And I don't think they can sit with their thoughts or I don't think they know what to do with themselves if they don't have stuff coming at them all day long. Okay, so someone <laughs> suppose someone to say, right, I see what you're saying. I'm addicted. What do you suggest? Baby steps. I think taking small steps 
eliminating one thing, you know, like let's say somebody is addicted to using their phone as they're falling asleep, which is one of the worst things you can do. I think they can cut back, you know, maybe turn their phone off 10 minutes before they go to bed or turn their phone off and then, you know, turn it off a little earlier the next day or read a book instead of being on the phone because books are way less stimulating than the phone. They're better on your eyes too because the blue light is harmful for your eyes, especially before bed. So yeah, baby steps and, you know, just doing one thing at a time. And gradually, if somebody's addicted to something, I think cold turkey is, you know, too harsh. I think they need to go at it slower. Right. So, um, what are your recommendations for anxiety management? You know, anxiety is a weird one because there's so many causes of it. It's hard to know what to do to eliminate that cause. Like somebody could have anxiety because of their job and it might, you know, it might never go away unless they get a new job. Um, there's a lot of ways to manage anxiety. And, you know, I think journaling is one of the best ways and doing things to get your brain to, to um, shift down into the alpha state. You know, there's different brain states. And when you're in the beta state, that's when your brain is going crazy and your, your thoughts are just not stopping. But then when you can get down into the alpha state, which is right before you fall asleep or when you're really relaxed, that's, um, then it makes your, your body calmer too. So that will trickle down and eliminate the anxiety in your body as well. If you can get your, I think it all starts in the mind. I think if you're having any issues with your body, you can attack it from the mind really so i'm going to go back to journaling again because journaling is so amazing for i mean immediately when you when you sit down with a pen and paper and you start writing that immediately lowers your blood pressure and calms you down and there's so many benefits to it i think for anybody to start journaling is one of the best things that they can do what about verbal journaling, just talking out loud to themselves or maybe recording on a phone or something? I think that works. It's, um, I've heard that it's the most beneficial if you write it. I don't know what, I think it's because, you know, you're putting something out into the world, you're making it tangible. But I think if you write, or I mean, if you speak, if you, let's say somebody wants to do a verbal journal, I think that would work too. Because you're really just expressing yourself and that's what's important is getting it out of your head and out into the, out of your head, you know? So, yeah. yeah. So what's the first thing you do in the morning? Um, technically, I mean, I make my bed, but after I make my bed, I do a couple of Ayurveda things. I do, well, I go to the bathroom and then I, um, I do tongue scraping. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. That's, not related to what anything we've been talking about, but it's it's an Ayurveda thing. And then once I, I'm done in the bathroom, then I go and start my gratitude journal and I get a cup of tea and I drink my tea while I do my journal. And I just start my day slowly because rushing through your morning is stressful. And I, that's why they always say to get up early. You know, <laughs> it's hard. It's easier said than done, but Ayurveda recommends that we get up before the sun rises and because apparently that's the best time of day to 
be in that mode where, you know, it's easy to meditate, it's easy to journal, and it's, there's less stress. You don't have to move so fast. Yeah. Um, I suppose it might be, if that's intimidating, I suppose you could just go to bed just a little bit earlier, get up just a little bit earlier, just so that you've got more time. That, that's my opinion. But yeah. you mentioned, we mentioned Ayurveda at other times. Uh, I, I have interviewed someone else about it a while ago, but um, yeah, if you could uh, outline what Ayurveda is, that'd be great. Okay, so it started 5,000 years ago. So it's been around for, it's probably the oldest health system in the world. And it started in India. So um, it's basically a system of, preventing disease through daily self-care practices and aligning with nature. So this is why I like Ayurveda so much because they focus on nature. It's all about living in alignment with the seasons and, you know, going to bed early, getting up early. And they also talk about everybody has three different body types or there are three different body types and each body type requires a different set of daily routines, a different type of food they, they can eat. Um, so yeah, it's very personal. Once you learn what your body type is, then you can take the steps necessary to improve your health. How do you find that out? Oh, there's quizzes online. If you look on, there's a couple different websites that I recommend people go to. Um, and they'll, you can take a quiz, you know, they ask you the quiz, the quiz questions about your your body type, you know, the way that your mind works, the things that you're attracted to, um, and all sorts of questions. And then, and then from there, you, once you know what your body type is, um, I'm trying to think there's a website. Okay. Here's the website. I don't know if you want to write this down, but it's called joyfulbelly.com. It's a school of Ayurveda and they have the absolute best quizzes. They have assessments I mean, it could take you a couple of hours to go through these assessments, but once you do, they actually give you a free meal plan according to your body type, complete with recipes. So you can find out your body type, you can get your recipes, you can get a whole plan for how to live your life, and it's all free. <laughs> so I, I just, I discovered that about a month ago, and I just, I love it. So that's very helpful for people. Um. What does Ayurveda say about eating meat? Some people can eat meat better than others because it depends on your body type, of course. And also they say, you know, here's where I don't really know because I know in India, they don't want you to eat cows, but in other parts of the world, of course, you know, it's, it's a personal choice, I think. And I think it really matters how that animal was treated. Like factory farming, the way that they treat animals, it's absolutely bad, of course. So, I mean, if you can find meat that is ethically raised and, you know, hasn't been treated with chemicals, that's the better option. So, I mean, it really is a personal choice, I think. And as far as Ayurveda, yeah, I, that's a question I want to dig more into myself and find out. I think they say that it's really a, depends on your body type, if you can handle meat, um, or a personal choice. There's always ways to get your protein if you don't eat meat. So, 
Right. So what are the fundamentals of Ayurveda then? Pretty much what I just said about uh, aligning with nature, really. It's, it's preventing disease by living in alignment with nature according to your body type. So they always say the first step is to find out what your body type is because it really is different for everybody. Um, and they, they're really big on self-care routines too. And that's something that I'm really big on. So I, I think Ayurveda is the actual, it's the perfect healthcare system. It's all about prevention. It's all about self-care and it's all about a personal plan for you. Like what's gonna work best for you because not every diet is good for everybody. So it, it eliminates that confusion really. Sounds like a really good accompaniment to astrology actually. Um, perhaps maybe yeah. even more important although that's subjective yeah that's true i've never really looked into that but that that would make sense because astrology is personal and different for everybody interesting i don't know a whole lot about astrology as far as like the i mean i know what the signs are and everything but it's such a vast subject like I have a book on it, but it's, it's so much to learn. There's conjunctions and charts and <laughs> yeah. that's a lot. That's a whole, that would be time consuming to learn everything about astrology. I think. What are the five key, most important daily routines in your opinion? Well, of course, journaling's in there. So that one, um, Meditation would be, now there's a lot of forms of meditation. Like we were talking before this video about that and there's, it doesn't even have to be the traditional way it can, you know, meditation really is being aware of your thoughts and being non-judgmental and getting your mind into that state. So one of the things that I would say would be some type of meditation, whatever type works for you. Um, Eating right, of course, that's that's a broad topic as well. Um, getting the right nourishment into your body, that's always a plus. Um, what am I on now? So journaling, uh, daily routines. Now, daily routines is something that covers so many different things, but for somebody to have a daily routine, I think that's very crucial, like a morning one and a nighttime one. So that's a deep subject there, but I think so journaling, daily routines, eating right, meditation, and it's hard to narrow it down to five because there's so, there's so many things. There, there, it doesn't need to be five. It's kind <laughs> of like a, it's an interviewer thing, really. I think um, daily routines and self-care is the foundation, really. Like that's where I, I think somebody should start. Because within that is is everything else. So that's like the overarching, the top thing, you know. If you just do the daily routines of self-care, you know, the more I the more I go along with my business, it, it narrows down to just what's important. And I think the most important thing is every day to do the things for you, body, mind, and soul, natural things. So is taking care of yourself a key way to in practice, love yourself. Yeah. I think, um, you know, loving yourself and having good self-esteem comes from all that stuff. And especially if you're doing self-care, 
you know, we have to take care of ourselves because, because, you know, our bodies are all we have in this world and we're always going to have it, you know? So the better somebody takes care of their body, it's a, everything's so connected that, you know, you, you take care of one thing and everything else is going to benefit too. So that's true. And if we could sort ourselves out, perhaps it will yeah. benefit, you know, it will radiate out from there. Yes. So let's talk about your online courses. It's because um, I haven't asked you about that yet. I have three of them, but but one of them is not related to anything. That's just a course on how to learn how to make the printables that I make. But the main course that I have, it's called Holistic Lifestyle Basics. And that's just a basic introduction to all of the things that I talk about. So it's, uh, it's, it's for beginners. It's for someone that doesn't have a clue where to start and they want to know a little bit about everything. So like all of the stuff that I think is important is in that course. And it's, it's pretty inexpensive. It's only $44, but it's, you know, it's on you to me. So they knock the price down all the time. So people can get it really cheap if they catch it at the right time. <laughs> so that's my main one. And then I've got a course about journaling, of course, because journaling is, it's so important that I had to start a course just for that. So yeah, those are the, the three I have. And I do plan on making an Ayurveda course in the future. I mean, I've learned so much about Ayurveda that I could teach it too. So, I mean, I've got a workbook about it, but I do plan on starting a course for Ayurveda in the future. Do you talk to plants? Not out loud, but <laughs> I mean, you know, when I have them, yes, I, 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 they're living things, you know, I take care of them. I stick them in the sun and I, I turn them around and I, you know, I, I think part of talking to plants is observing them, you know, because you can see how it's doing and then it's communicating to you by the way it's, you know, reaching towards the sun or whatever. So there are deeper ways to connect to plants that I haven't had time to dive into. I'm really fascinated with trees and I think communicating with trees would be a really fun thing to do. I want to learn more about that in the future. Very exciting subject there. Well, if anyone's curious, I actually interviewed someone um, who calls himself Rashana, uh, who um, that's one of the things they, they do. They, they, um, they, they've channeled from a tree. Wow. Channeled a tree. So that's um, apparently some of them actually have some interesting insights yeah and that reminds me of like the, the pagans that that's what they used to do they used to gather in the trees you know they would gather outside under the moon with the trees in a circle and you know that's where they would do their rituals and stuff and they were very connected to the trees and they actually have different words for um no no i'm forgetting exactly how it was anyway <laughs> that sounds really really nice yeah to be able to sit in a circle of trees and just sort of under the moon yes <laughs> oh and i wish we could do that easier but you know you go outside now and you sit in your yard and it's like you know your neighbor's dog is barking at you and there's 
there's cars driving by and people are going to be looking at you. What is that person doing sitting in their grass? You know, it's, it's <laughs> nowadays the, the modern world is not set up for things like that. And I, unless you live out in the country with no neighbors, <laughs> you know, that would be perfect. But people that live in a city, they very, they have a very hard time connecting with nature for that reason. Everything's buildings and cement and sidewalks and loud smoke and noises and <laughs> I don't think it's healthy at all to live in a city. Well, they say that disease and disease are related. Yes. That's what Ayurveda says too. They actually spell it dis-ease. Like a disease is a result of you not living, you know, everything's all yeah mental health problems <laughs> you know this fascinates me because it's kind of um those who you know those who are new age so to speak talk about a lot about this sort of thing those who but it's, it's kind of old and new at the same time which of course is cyclical exactly and that's what bothers me about people that they make fun of these things like oh that's just that's not real well, it's based on stuff that people used to do thousands of years ago. And if you if you look at all the major religions, they all go back to the same stuff. You know, everything's all about love and connecting with nature. Like, it's, everything does go back, like you said, it's cyclical. And I think that's what we're heading into now more is back to the way things used to be. I really hope that it is anyway. <laughs> well i mean we need to lead by example i suppose yes and that's what they call i think that's what light workers are you know people that you know they shine their light like this is how i am and this is how i live and you know if other people see that it's attractive and they they want to be like that too so i think living by example is what we have to do really yeah, perhaps the best thing you can do is take care of yourself. Um, yeah. And then maybe, yeah, it's not like people try to save the world in some sense. Yeah. But yeah, like perhaps you can do that by saving yourself from yourself. <laughs> yeah. And that's why they say that. Um... To change the world, you have to change yourself. And if you have to be the change that you want to see in the world, it all starts with us individually. There's not something that's going to come from the outside and make us be different. We have to be the difference. So about being different, um, what about parenting differently? What would you suggest? <laughs> I wish I could answer that. I don't have any kids. <laughs> but I mean, I have nephews, so... Um, if I were a parent, I think, you know, this might be a little controversial, controversial, but I am an advocate of homeschooling and that's a thing nowadays because of COVID anyway, but I think, you know, kids need to be around other kids, of course, but I think, um, the whole school system is, it's not set up for a child's best interest. All they want to do is teach you all these facts and they make sure that you can memorize the facts and then they tell you, you're only going to be a good citizen if you 
have all these skills to work. And <laughs> that's a rabbit hole I don't want to get into now, but <laughs> I think the world is just set up against people's best interest, really. So if I were a parent, I would try to raise my kid um, in more in line with nature, of course. Does, does Ayurveda talk about uh, parenting? I haven't heard anything about it, actually. Maybe I'm, there's I'm implied very... things, I guess. Yeah. Maybe if we, if we take care of ourselves and maybe we won't, like be so inclined to harm others because yes we'll be in a better state and maybe from that point we'll just parent better and then children growing up that way will be more well balanced exactly i suppose it you know it's interesting sometimes we're like we already have our answer <laughs> yeah i think it's getting I mean... in the way yeah Yep, for sure. And it's also too that the world gets in our way. Like in order for someone to live their authentic life and be a completely healthy and happy, they need to uh, break down the walls that are the world has imposed on us. I think it's, you know, the world tries to fit us into boxes. And this is another subject that I'm passionate about is just being your authentic self but it's so hard in the world that we live in. I mean, you know, we're forced to get jobs. We're, you know, there's problems that we have to deal with and it just makes it harder to, you know, live the life you want to live. It's very challenging. Perhaps things like meditation can help us. Yeah. Clear away, and journaling especially, can clear away the, the chaff that... Yeah gets in the way of us seeing clearly and because a lot of the time we don't know what our authentic self even is right and that's what i like to get people to see you i didn't know who my authentic self was until i don't know maybe five or six years ago so i was in my early 40s when i realized I'm not, all I do is things that other people want me to do. You know, I used to drink all the time. I used to just go to movies all the time and everything was always about entertainment and just, I need to be doing something, but it's just stuff that other people want me to do. And so that's why I'm such a strong advocate for learning who you are and journaling, like you said, journaling and meditation. I think those are the keys um, to doing that. Because what you're really doing is you're shutting out all of the influence from the world and you're getting your, your higher self to come through. And that's what, you know, have you ever heard of automatic writing? That's another yeah. form of, that's where you're, I, I, ha I haven't had a lot of experience with that, but supposedly you're getting your information from your higher self and it's, you know, or the Akashic Records information and it's coming from somewhere else. It's coming from somewhere higher. And it's not, you know, it's that's a big subject right there too. Well, imagine if you're journaling and you're not really thinking through what you're writing. Oh, I got a flash now, I swear. On your end, I think. Oh, I don't know what that was. <laughs> yeah, you're very true about that. Um, I lost my train of thought now. Oh, I, I got distracted. 
Uh, what is it? Um, it just happens to me sometimes. Uh, they're like pleasures when I say certain things. <laughs> <laughs> I think but that's it, a, that kind of has something to do with what we're talking about, actually, because sometimes you might get a flash of inspiration, you know, when you're writing. What? Yeah. Oh, might, yeah. I mean, it is connected, I think. Yeah. Or maybe you're given inspiration, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's an aspect, way of journaling where you just let yourself write and you might surprise yourself. And the yeah. more you meditate and do other the techniques as well, um, you might you might start being more intuitive and more more things in it that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Exactly. Especially when it comes to um, writing early in the morning. Have you ever heard of morning pages? Um, that's something that was started by, it was in a book. The book was called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And it, she talks about morning pages where you, as soon as you wake up in the morning, you, you're supposed to write three pages of whatever comes out. And you're not supposed to stop. You're supposed to just write. Even if you don't know what to say, you're supposed to write and just keep going. Like, I don't know what I'm writing. This is not making any sense. And then next thing you know, the next thing you write will be like, oh, that didn't seem like it came from me. <laughs> Where did it come from? I think that's what you were talking about. That's another great way of journaling too. Yeah. You can get so much inspiration from from the ether <laughs> it just comes out of thin air so that's fascinating subject there too you know it might be literally the ether yeah i think so because the less you're in your thinking mind the more you're in your intuitive mind and your receiving mind i think you can think of the the mind as like a a transmitter you know like you're you can send out messages and you can receive messages, but you kind of have to be in the right state of mind for that. Joe Dispenza talks about that a lot. Have you ever heard of Joe Dispenza? He's yeah, a, yeah. He talks about getting in your brain has to be in the, you know, the lower states where it's your mind is shut off, but you're, you know, you're coming from a whole different place. And so that's the place of creation, of the place of manifestation. And so that's another deep subject. <laughs> There's a lot of deep subjects we could talk about that are all all related and they all work together, really. Yeah, let's unpack that a little bit. So um, what would you like? Is there anything you'd, you have to share about that place? Related to what Joe Dispenza talks about, but your own angle, maybe drawing on other things that you have learned. You mean how have I experienced that myself? Yeah. I I actually the thing that he talks about is getting to a place where you don't even know who you are anymore. Like you ha you have no body, you have no mind, you don't know. <laughs> like I've never gotten that deep. That's a deep meditation where people are having metaphysical experiences. Like I've never reached that point because probably because I don't have enough time to meditate that much, but it takes a lot of commitment. And yeah, that's, that's something I'm striving for though. 
do you perhaps make time to meditate? <laughs> I should, I, I should. I just, I'm the only person that works on my, I mean, I, my business is just me. So I'm 10 to 12 hours a day. I'm constantly working on it. So um, yeah, meditation is something I need to improve on as well. I mean, I do it every day, but I don't, I don't, one time, there was one time where I was meditating where I couldn't feel my body and I felt like my consciousness was this big. It was as big as the world. Like all I knew was there's more to me than my body, but that's only happened one time. And I don't know what made that happen. And I don't know. I've been trying to get back there ever since. <laughs> Meditation's weird. Maybe thing. your problem is that you're trying. <laughs> that probably is it. Yeah. So now when I meditate, I just focus on, um, I picture like that I'm sitting on a mountaintop and there's clouds above me and every cloud is a thought. So as the thought passes, it's gone. And then there's some space in between each thought. And then the next thought comes in and I just try to focus on, I try to focus on nature. Like sometimes I imagine I'm in the middle of a forest and that always helps. There's a lot of different techniques for meditating. There's a lot of ways to get your mind into that state. So it really is a personal thing, whatever somebody wants to do, whatever. Some people want to imagine that their body is relaxed, but that's never worked for me. I can't focus on my body when I'm trying to get out of my body. <laughs> so I, that's not something that I have had luck with, but it You're does trying work. Trying to get out of your body. Yeah, like, you know, trying to get to that spot that I was just saying where I couldn't feel my body, where my consciousness was, I felt like I was so big, I was everything that exists. Like I wasn't just this body no more. And I, that's only happened once. And I want to get back to that. That's, I think that's the stage that Joe Dispenza talks about where you are, you're not your body anymore. And so I think it's easier to just think about things that are on a higher level, not, not earth level when it comes to meditation anyway. <laughs> wow. I almost feel like not asking your question and seeing what you say. Because you, you're getting a flow going, and I could tell it was working. I do get a flow going, but it almost carries me off into 10 different subjects. Just, I can it's talk all right. about just, just pick one. It's fine. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Like every like I said, everything's so connected that once I talk about one thing, I'm like, and this also helps with this. So everything's or... connected and it all branches out like your conversation. Um, yeah. but that itself is a topic. <laughs> yeah, it is. And that's why I like holistic health so much. Cause the word holistic means whole. It means everything connected. And, uh, you know, sometimes I feel like I can't explain that good enough. I follow a lot of YouTube channels that talk about that, how everything's connected and, you know, there's a ripple effect. You know, if you do something, it's going to affect the whole rest of the world. And that's hard to wrap your mind around, though. Like, have you ever heard of the butterfly effect? Yeah, I have. Um, that's it's supposed to be a sort of energy. They've actually seen the pattern of a butterfly yeah. in attractor fields or something. <laughs> uh, but that, that's in mainstream science, actually. But uh, in terms of... Um, 
Huh. Um, oh, I had something there. I had something. <laughs> I've probably got my own way. <laughs> yeah, that happens to me too. I'll have a really cool thought and then my mind will freak out and then it'll totally lose it. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it all comes down to your mind. You have to, it, the mind is a hard thing to control <laughs> and because you have so many thoughts, you have so many thoughts at the same time. It's like, oh, I don't know where to go. <laughs> and that's why I talk so much because one thought leads to another and everything's connected like a big spider web. It really is. It, like is, it really is. And I think that's why they say there's a fabric of the universe. It's, it's all made up of a big fabric. And you only have awareness of the part that's closest to you even though it all is the same, everything affects. Yeah, um, to answer your question, um, part of it, I think, is that the idea that the whole is every in every location. And every, every as, a, as above, so below, but also as here, there, perhaps. Like as you can find an encapsulation of the whole like there and there and there and in the interaction and yeah yes and that's how and it's almost like like ley lines almost but through between people interacting one person some person's energy manifests a certain way and that changes the interaction with each other person yes and i'm glad you mentioned ley lines because that's something that i had never heard of until i um, was studying England over there you guys have you talk about ley lines all the time but over here in America we don't know what ley lines are unless you st study you know it seems like it's not yeah. something you talk the meditation about. my favorite meditations are I've mentioned a number of times <clears throat> there's a number of times on my YouTube channel recently but it's called Arcturian Light I've heard uh, of that it's um it's a youtube channel uh and uh they do live zoom calls but like it involves the arcturians which are extraterrestrials and accepted masters and stuff but one of the things they do is actually working with the ley lines and changing the energy centers um portals to like be positive where they're negative and the, wow. see, it, the energy goes from one to another and so you can affect their interaction uh and so and all you need to do is meditate as part of the group it doesn't even need to be at the time it can be later on and that well i mean that has the effect on um potentially globally right but the same applies for our everyday lives even your the, your links to your friends and family right mm-hmm so because it's all connected we don't need to necessarily do anything <laughs> although certainly taking big steps is important because we just need to take care of ourselves yes and when you yeah like i think people do have to do things but not everybody has to i think we're all going to benefit but yeah that's very fascinating i'm going to have to look that up acturian Act Act light Wow. Yeah, I'm going to have to look that up. I've heard a lot of similar things similar to that. Yeah, they're not the only people doing it. 
Um, but it's what works for me anyway, uh, the meditations, because the meditations are group meditations, that makes them more powerful. There's a multiplier yes. effect. Yeah. But also, I mean, I don't know, it depends on, I mean, in theory, it's like you're connecting to, you know, allies, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. Who are assisting us energetically. Yes. But yeah. of course, it, it, it depends on our participation. It's not like saviors. I, I don't think so, anyway. Right, I agree, totally. That reminds me of a, a doctor that works with sound healing and he makes these mus this music that everybody meditates to at the same time. And he says, the more people do it, it'll link our minds together. And I think that's really cool too, working with sound that way. That's another like way. A mental internet. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting stuff. You know, I feel like, well, we talked about a lot of things actually in quite in just under an hour actually <laughs> wow so um yeah i think we can bring this to a close i mean potentially we could have another conversation because yeah um i feel like there is a lot more we could talk about but yeah it feels like it's coming to a close well like i was saying i i could go on forever so like about every, you know, every subject leads to another. So you have to stop me pretty much. <laughs> I could really keep going. I'm no, that's the best kind of interview, unless they're just completely going in the wrong direction. But usually if someone keeps talking, it works in my favor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But also it, it would be nice to just focus on one thing. If let's say somebody's only interested in like maybe journaling, they don't want to listen about Ayurveda or nothing else. They just want to hear about journaling. So then they might, you know, they might not watch the rest of the video. So that's a, that's the downfall to talking about a lot of things is that people might get lost once in a while and not want to listen to the whole thing. But of course you want them to, because it's all connected and they'll benefit from everything. Well, if you're listening, of course, if you really want to know about journaling, check her YouTube <laughs> channel out. Maybe, yeah. maybe you can check out her um, a course on it as well. So, uh, yeah, it's very um, inexpensive. Yeah, I like to keep things cheaper because, you know, I don't believe we should have to spend a lot of money to be healthy and happy. I think, you know, I, I don't want to charge a lot of money for helping people. So that's why I have the YouTube channel and my blog and you know i want i just want to help people <laughs> so do i yeah so um and the best way to help people is by taking care of yourself so yes it's been great having you on here it's been great um well it's yes. great that you're listening whoever you are <laughs> yes. so um and I'll share this with my my channel as well, my my people. Right, this is my first interview. This is the first time I've ever been on an interview, a live thing. So I don't even do these myself. I just make the videos that I make are screenshots. So like I'll put pictures on the screen and words on the screen. I don't really get on camera hardly ever. <laughs> All right so, then. Um, well, so thank you for having day. me on. And bye for now. Goodbye. <laughs>